Hello, welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm here with Nick as usual. Uh, we've got a bit of a different intro today, though. Instead of me and Nick waffling on about new releases and stuff, we're, we're joined by uh, two guests. We have uh, both Christian and Jack from Lovebreakers. What's up, guys? Bonjour, bonjour. Um, I can't, I can't hear Christian. I'm afraid. Can you guys? I can't either. Hello, yeah. hello. Oh, oh there, we, there you are. He's turned his stop. Star Trek, come in, command. Come in, Star Trek. Has I ruined that whole thing now? <laughs> no, we had it. It's fine. It's you fine. can hear me. Yeah. That's weird, no. man. I don't know what that was. I, I haven't even clicked anything to change it. <laughs> so yeah, instead of us waffling on about other releases, we're going to waffle on about one particular release. I guess is that's the plan, isn't it? I believe so. Sick. So at the time of recording, Lovebreakers. Uh, debut full length has just been released primary colors how are we feeling about that boys yeah man excited like um it's finally finally out and uh yeah man just excited to get out and everyone's gonna sort of know the songs now so it's gonna be an exciting time to get out and play some live shows so what's the situation with that at the moment then obviously you've you delayed the release a little bit was that with the hope that shows would kind of be starting to come back Kind of soon after. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, we're just um, we're looking at getting some showers sorted towards like the end of the summer, into um, you know like September, October time. So um, yeah, I think it's a perfect timing, really. I think give people a, a couple of months to get used to it and um, get to know the songs, and then we'll come out and play some shows. Exciting times. Um... Yeah, man. We've been badgers the past two years in a little little badger hole. <laughs> <laughs> a little badger hole. <laughs> yeah, like obviously you've been sitting on this record for over two years now. As we as we discussed when you were on the show a couple of months back, did this one yeah. with uh, Davey Warsop. Um, what was it, March 2019? You actually recorded it. So it's been yeah. a long time, time. That's it, long time, man. And uh, yeah, it's sort of it's weird when you've when you've um, when you've created something that you that you're really proud of and then obviously it all gets taken out of your hands and out, and it's out of your own control um yeah like obviously when when you create an album you don't just put it out straight away anyway so you always have a bit of time afterwards to sort of plan and strategize um but then the pandemic hit and it was just like well we've got to sit on this for sort of even longer but it's it's a big relief for it to finally to finally be out there so stoked man really happy nice awesome so the record is called primary colors i've got it right here yeah well, I, do, I do have one question though about the vinyl okay so the vinyl is obviously comes with like this splattered kind of style effect but there's no red red in it <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Like you were one of those what, guys. What the primary colours were at one point? Though. I think what are the actual primary colours? Because I don't think they're on this record. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are right. To be fair, but um, you know, it uh, I it doesn't really matter. It's more like, no, 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 it's it's not. It's yeah, it's more about like sort of like the simplicity of a primary colour. You know what I mean? It's like a metaphorical. So um. But there is a little bit of red on. I'm, I'm wearing a red jacket on the back. That is true. Yeah. So, <laughs> there, there you go, go. Nick. There you go. Next uh, question, Nick. 
<laughs> no, but it is, I guess it's still available on vinyl, right? Um, yeah, man. Uh, all in vinyl? Is, is that, yeah. I, yeah spoke, I actually spoke to Dave earlier from All in Vinyl. There's, I think there's 10 copies left in the UK. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. If, nice. Yeah, if, um, if you're in the UK and you ain't got it yet, um, you'll have to order it from uh, Wiretap if it sells out from All in Vinyl. So... Um, so yeah, okay. if you ain't got it, get it now. <laughs> but it's obviously available on all the um, usual streaming, Spotify, iTunes, all that, all that jazz, all that shebang, mate. All that shebang, it's all I, on there. I do have another question. So I was like, because I haven't got access to my record player right now, sitting at my desk. I was listening to record earlier and listening on Spotify. And you know those when you play the play the songs and you get your little background kind of videos and graphics. I think it was primary colours. You've got like a little graphic. Um and you've got got you, Jack, you've got your drummer. Um what's your player called? Chino. Chino. But you're Chino. not on it, Christian. What what's the what's the deal with that? What what it is is I always set that up and I did that simply because I know I'm the least good looking one in the band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't sell yourself short, mate. So um what it is, obviously, you know, we we want to be as big as the Rolling Stones, and when labels are sniffing around, they want to see the handsome faces, don't they? So I had to edit myself out of it. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I don't know why that is, to be honest. Sir. What was that then? Was that in the video? No, yes. you know what? You yeah, know, on, on the ca- canvases on Spotify, when you listen to the song, and it has like a clip oh, of the video. Okay. So on the clip, it's it's you, Nathan, and uh, Chino. Obviously, I'm not on it. So well, is that the official name, a canvas? Yeah, I think it's called a Spotify yeah. canvas, yeah. Right, so. okay. But it wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love you to be on there. I'd love oh, you to be on there. Then <laughs> well, what I thought we could do anyway was just kind of walk through the record a little bit and kind of go through each song and just, yeah, just cover off a little bit about each song, about kind of how it came about, what it's about. Um, yeah, yeah maybe play a little bit of a clip. Yeah, man. Stoked for that, yeah. Awesome. So if we're going by the vinyl, I've got side A. First song on that is Eye Roller. Eye Roller. Mm. So for me, like, this was, this was felt like the very start of, like, the new era of us as a band because we did an EP when we were sort of, when you're still sort of finding your feet, aren't you, when you start a band and your first EP is always sort of, you know, you're finding your own sound. And I remember going to Jack's parents' house when he still lived at home, me, Chino, went over there. And Jack was like, I've got this song. And he played Eye Roller. And we all sort of sat down and put our parts to it. And Chino obviously come up with his cool lead part over the top. And um, I remember we completed it that day, the three of us. And I was, I, I, I was in awe of it. I was like, this is such an amazing song. Anyway, the following Saturday... I was at work till two and the guys got to the lockup before I was there and they started playing the song with our old drummer, Marcus. And as I've pulled up and got out of the car, you can hear the song really loud coming from the windows of the lockup. And I remember thinking, fuck, I'm in that band. Fuck that. And that's the song we did last weekend. It sounds fucking awesome. Like this is, this is like a step up from like the, the EP we'd done, you know, six months before. This is like, this sounds like us, like our own sound. And I remember walking in halfway through the song, putting my bass on and just going straight into it, like knowing where I was supposed to come in. And like we finished the song and we all just sort of looked at each other like, yeah, man, this is like, 
this is what we want to do. And like, that was like the point for me when the primary colors era sort of started, I think, and I think that was like July, 2018. So that was the starting okay. point of that era for me. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of that one. Yeah, man. Like, in terms of like the song itself, I remember writing it. I think I went and watched Arctic Monkeys with um, a few of my pals and we went to, went to Birmingham and stuff. And we went out after and got absolutely wasted. And we was all just like walking around the streets, just like drunk and just being idiots and going to the kebab house and stuff. And I just remember one of my mates was just like lying on the floor, absolutely eyes, eyes rolling in the back of his head. And then it just sort of came from there. And then, um, and yeah, man, it was just sort of, again, that sort of social commentary of that evening. And then, um, and yeah, I think like, I think I was listening to a lot of sort of like British, sort of like 90 stuff at the time. So the songs are like pretty simple, yeah. but, in terms of like yeah, cool boys, I was listening a lot of to like British stuff, and then as Chris Owl said, it was that sort of you know it's like the catalyst to go, yeah, this is like the sort of field that we want to go down, and it was the first song we actually recorded as well, which was like we was in LA and like we got the drum track down, and we was like shit, that sounds fucking huge, that sounds great, like let's keep keep along those lines and keep it sort of with that energy, you know what I mean. Track two then, set in gold. This is a contentious one because <laughs> Jack brought this to our um, lockup before actually I roller, but we sort of left it because we never really got it to a place where we were happy with. And then leading up to the record when we were compiling songs and sort of in the flow of putting songs together, um, we revisited that song and we it took us a while to get it to a point where we were really, really, really happy with it we got it to a point where we were all really stoked and we were like, this is how it should sound. Um, and then we took it out to LA and it sort of got flipped on its head a little bit in terms of like structure and stuff. Davey sort of had ideas and we sort of had our ideas and, um, but yeah, like I, I, I still love the song. It's just like when you have like, it's, it's weird when you're an artist, when you, when you have a demo version of it, and you've been attached to that demo version for so long, it can sort of like, when you get to do the studio version and it's quite a bit different, you're sort of a bit like, ah, oh, I don't know. like it's. But like in terms of a song from an outsider's perspective, trying to take myself out of the song, like when I don't listen to it for a while, I come back and I'm like, this fucking rules. Like this is a cool song. So um, yeah, what, what about you, Jack? I think it's just one of those where like, you, you sort of live and learn and you go through the experience of doing it. Like we had the demo and we thought it was great. And it was like, I don't know, I, I still love it. I love, I love the recording. I love the vibe of it and everything. And I think just because in our heads we were like changing stuff around quite a lot and we had, it was a very old song. It's hard to sort of vibe off something that you've done 
like three or four years ago and that you keep changing and stuff. You just want to, as a, as like a writer, I just want to come in and do fresh. It's like my, my favourite song is always the new song. It's never like the old ones. <laughs> so like, from like a band's perspective, it's probably yeah. not our favourite, but I think to like a new listener, they'll be like, this is great. It's like full of energy. It's catchy. And like, so we don't want to put like a downer on it because it, it's great. It's just that it's been sort of with us and for a long time, that was all. Yeah, and I feel like as well, I, I feel like it's the perfect second track. Like, I do think like it sets the tone of the album because I Roller is like, it can maybe mislead you a little bit because it's quite like dark and grungy. And then the rest of the album's like, bang, it's like pop and bright colours and like, but I kind of like that juxtaposition of it. And then I Roller finishes and then you get the build up in setting gold. And that's something we always heard when we were piecing the record together. Like, we're really big on how like the sequencing of a record because. Yeah, it's important, man, to get that really, flow, isn't it? Really important. You get people at labels going, chuck all the singles at the front. No one cares about the last few songs, but that's not how yeah. we're... Do a ballad is. like track seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're so, like, we got no, we don't write ballads, man. <laughs> <laughs> so set, setting gold, in terms of the, 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 the way it fits on the record, I think it's perfect. Like the, like you finish eye rolling and you've got the build up at the start and I just think, bang, you're into it like... I think it's cool, man. It's, it goes up a gear, doesn't it? It sends the record up a gear, so... Okay, track three. Um, I guess the song that captured our attention. Well, Chris, Chris sent it to me. Chris, I don't know where you you heard this uh, initially. I think but. I first because I I knew of of Love Breakers ever since I saw they were on the Social Detour and I you know listened to your stuff for, from the EP and the and the, the hook and Tom Petty cover and like I thought you guys were cool. Um, but then I kind of you know you weren't on my radar again until. I think I must. It must have been Wiretap's Instagram had shared the video, or maybe 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 Davey had because I've, I've, I've followed him on Instagram for a long time, and I was just like, "Oh, Lovebreakers out!" Yeah, I remember these guys. They're on the social detour, and then <coughs> I just heard the chorus on that. I was like, "Fucking hell, this is good!" And then I like told you about it straight away, Nick, and I think you kind of you agreed straight away, didn't you? I mean, well, obviously we both had it as our basically our song of the year last year when we uh, when we did our top five and that podcast earlier this year so yeah family man i mean are you sick of sick of people <laughs> going on about it now or I mean, no, what, man. What's, what's I'm, I'm still i'm still absolutely buzzing off it i think um because it's quite sort of personal to sort of my friends and stuff and it's sort of influence from one of my best mates who started his own family and then a bit of yeah bit of my own sort of sarcasm put in there like you know like the people carrier and stuff he doesn't drive a people carrier he drives a really nice uh, BMW, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, 
But um, yeah, like that sort of came about. I, I did the demo for it, and it was really like kind of mellow, really mellow. And I remember, um, I remember actually playing it for my dad, and my dad was like, "It's a bit cheesy, isn't it?" And I was like, "What?" It's like, "No, it's like catchy," and like it was really sort of slow and and um, and really sort of quite spacey. But then as soon as we took it sort of took it to the band and started jamming it. Um, I think we was listening to a lot of Warning, like, like by Green Day at the time, and having that sort of rhythmic, that acoustic sort of rhythmic feel to it. And um, when we was in the studio, we said we said to David that was our sort of our vibe that we wanted to go for, that sort of rhythmic, acoustic, acoustic vibe to it. And yeah, man, and it, ca- it came out great. And I, I love listening to it now. I love how the song builds and the mix of it and everything. How it kind of you have like this little crescendo in like the pre-chorus and stuff, and yeah, I still think it's yeah. like as catchy as ever. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. I think like when I remember you sending a uh, the, the acoustic demo across, and like I was like, man, this is this is great. Um, and yeah, like you're spot on in terms of like that's that warning sound, like the the percussiony rhythmic, like um, like folky punk sort of vibe, which like yeah. to the the fir- first listener, they probably wouldn't get it but if you listen more and you hear you can hear the layer of the acoustic guitar running through the song and um yeah i just think it's really cool i, I think it's i think it's criminal that it hasn't been on a life insurance advert yet it's funny i don't know if i've ever told you boys this before but like um so when you release that song i i text my dad because like um He's going to that to the social distortion show, like you know that's all that's been on the cards, blah blah blah. So I was just like, I'll oh, check, see what you think of this. These these boys are on 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 the bill as well. And my dad kind of like generally like because I li- as as you know I listen to a lot of pop punk and stuff. And my dad hates all that stuff, but obviously obviously likes social D because he's going to the show and he likes you know things a bit more on that side. But he heard Family Man, he just came back and he said, this is like proper pop punk what pop punk <laughs> should sound like amazing <laughs> that's cool man that's a compliment yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> i think I'll, I think a lot of people can relate to it you know what i mean i think the melody's there to stick in people's minds and you know i know a lot of my partner's friends it's their sort of favorite because it's it's really sort of bright and and captured yeah. whereas yeah. i think if you if you Dig, dig a little bit deeper into like the lyrics and the meaning behind it and stuff. It's really kind of relatable to a lot of a lot of people. Right, uh, moving on from Family Man then, 
Um, we've got Laura, track four. You just released as a single recently, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, like for me, obviously, I, I can't talk too much about this one because it's um, it's about Jack's better half. So, mm-hmm. but I remember when basically we had the riff for it ages ago. Jack, Jack actually wrote the riff when we were a free piece. The and I remember um, we did have a full song around it. I've probably still got it on my phone somewhere, but it sounds nothing like Laura, the song we've got now. But um. I remember always thinking it sounds like really 80s-y, that riff and that like, we, we called it the Stranger Things song because we never had a title for it. And that was because we could sort of hear it in like the soundtrack to the Stranger Things series, like very neon lights and sort of 80s-y vibes. Um, and yeah, like I think it's like the way, the final outcome of that song like is perfect. Like Chino's lead yeah. parts, the way they sort of bounce off the way Jack's you know, Jack's vocal melodies, like they sort of come in and out in between in the gaps. And I just, I, I, I love that song. And I think it's like, yeah, I think it's the perfect song. Um, but that's just, yeah, my take on it. Yeah. I think like when we was writing that, I think it was a kind of a light bulb moment for the band, just because we'd never sort of thinking about putting like lead parts in between like vocal melodies and stuff before. It was always like it had to be its own thing. Whereas like in, in the song Laura, there's like there's little like counter melodies that the guitars do and then was like, Oh shit, like this is great, we should do these do this in like new songs. So it's something that started something off to to branch out and write a little bit differently. It helped define and, um, our sound a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like I think with song structures as well, there's like there's a little there's a tiny little I think it's like an eight bar solo before the second chorus and it's something as a writer, I never thought of putting that in there before. It was always like verse, chorus, or verse, pre-chorus, chorus. And it just, it sort of opened up our minds to think, just let the song be the song, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter if mm-hmm. the structure's a little bit different, if it works, keep it, because it's fine. And there's no rules kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's straight up love song for me bird, ain't eh? <laughs> like, um, Yeah, I'll just... Um, I think I think it was you, Christian, who, who give me. I think you gave me like the first line, wasn't it? Um, or something about like a vintage movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember texting you about it. Um, you said yeah. something about a vintage movie. It wasn't like playing a scene from a vintage yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 it was, yeah, yeah. It was something. It was something like vintage movie. And then I remember me and Laura went to Croatia a few years ago, and we went down this little back street, and they had like old vintage movies on this projector. And I thought of that, and I thought, oh, like, playing a scene from a vintage movie. And I was thinking, our oh, love's like playing a scene from a vintage movie, and that's how it sort of grew from there. But, um, but yeah, it's just sort of, I love it, man, because it's kind of like disco, and it's got a really nice groove to it and stuff as well. And I think um, to put that as, like, track four, it just shows, like, a different side to us. Nice. Yeah, man. And, and how does um, Laura feel about Laura? You know what? It's not a favourite song on the album, and it breaks oh, really? my heart. Man. Yeah, <laughs> like I asked her before, I was like, "What's your favourite tune off the record?" And she was like thinking about it, and I was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> what, <laughs> what did gone, you say? Gone through all this effort. Um, her favourite is "I Will Love Life." Oh, uh, which I, I believe is the next one. That's a nice segue, nice isn't it? The next one. Yeah, go. yeah. Okay, track five. I will love life. Then Laura's favourite. 
So this <laughs> this one started like actually in this exact spot where I'm sat now in terms of musically. So on the build up to the record, obviously we were all sort of doing as much as we can creatively to help Jack, you know, put a song together and, you know, build from ideas. And um, I remember Chino come around quite a few times on the, on the lead up to the record and he'd come around with like ideas. And I was listening, I'm a massive replacements fan. They're probably my favorite band. Um, and I was listening to, I was like, oh, we, we'd be really cool to do a song like I will dare by the replacements. It's got that sort of like, it's really like Banksy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Banksy feel, yeah. And uh, Chino said, okay, well, let's try this. So we started, we'd actually got a garage band demo of it done literally in this spot right behind me on this desk. Um, And he did this like chord progression, looped it, and then put the riff over the top. And I put like a little like bass thing to it. And um, I literally just saved it on garage band as because my also other reference was um my love life by morrissey so i I literally just saved it as i will love life that that was the title i just saved it because the two references were i will dare and my love life by morrissey because there was a chord pattern in my love life by morrissey that i really liked and we sort of put it in there a little bit and um so we sent that across and it ended up sticking as a title and jack made obviously the song from it and um yeah, I, I really like it. It's cool. It's it's again. It's quite different. It's quite. Um, it's just got a different vibe to it, and I think it it plays into a lot of like modern day, you know, problems. Like obviously, there's a big thing now with like mental health and stuff, and I think yeah. Jack's take on it is brilliant. I think it's like you know, you, whatever crap you're going through, like do your best just to try and you know lo- love what you've got and love your life. So. It's, it, I know I like that. I love, I love the simplicity of it. Do you know what I mean? It's straight to the point. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, it's quite. I'm just like thinking back in sort of like processes and stuff. But I remember, I remember again. You had the title, Christian. You sent it to me. I will love life, and it sort of. So I always say to the lads, if you ever think of like something like a hook or something like a cool title, send it through. So it'll always like create a little spark in my brain to like go, yeah, this is really good. We need to sort of build up on it. But yeah, I think, um, as Christian said, as at the time I was going through a bit of shit and I was thinking, I feel a bit down here and I was reading stuff about like mental health and that. And I was just thinking, you know, it fitted perfectly from what, from what Christian and David did and the title track as well. It just sparked something for me to write sort of lyrics down. And it's, um, it starts off this sort of vibe of like hope within the record and um it really sort of it's not like a sort of social commentary this one it's more it's more sort of about you know the idea of hope and just trying to be better and appreciate what you've got appreciate the simple things yeah man and i i think i love about a song as well i remember really vividly sitting next to you in the studio when chino was recording the solo because i remember yeah, yeah. i remember you going Oh, it sounds like 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 you could be underwater listening to this and actually remember you're going like that with your hands <laughs> and we, were, we were both laughing do you remember yeah there's a really yeah. nice guitar tone on that solo it's really like dreamy we wanted it to be like really dreamy like almost like yeah it could be in like a morrissey song really sort of floaty and like wow yeah like, this is like like it takes you away um i think um what we what we really liked about that as well is like giving the song space and again, that was sort of a, 
a catalyst to remember that as we move forward. It's a really nice sort of instrumental part, which is um, what we're trying to do a lot more in writing and that's it just it's always um what am I trying to say? It's sort of when you're writing songs, I'm always thinking of like parts and going to the next part and sometimes yeah. you've got to let like a section sort of breathe and just have its little space and that part in that song it's brilliant. Like every time I hear it, as I say, like it takes me to like this other place and I don't know, it's a, it's a weird it's a weird thing, but I love it. It's two chords as well, and it's a lot going back to what you say about it just being simple and being allowed to breathe. Yeah, it's we not very, it's like not very complicated at all. Yeah, it's just yeah. to do with like how it sort of builds up and how it's mixed and the sounds behind it's great. Nick, you want to lead us into the next one? Um, yeah. Okay, so we're on to side B if we're going by the vinyl. So um, first track on side B, track number six on the record, we've got Horizons, which was was released as a single as well. Yeah. Yeah. Was it second single? Second single, yeah, that we yeah. released. But, um, yeah, well, like we purposely put it sort of track one on side B just to give you that thump. Like with I Will Love Life being quite sort of reserved and bouncy, we thought, you know, if you're listening to the vinyl, you turn over and you just bang your strap straight back in. And it's uh, it's the fastest song on the record. And um, yeah, it's about it's about a friend of mine who moved to Australia and just sort of his his sort of take on things. But um, oh, so I was speaking okay. to him a lot at the time, and it's about just wanting wanting to move and be somewhere better and have a sort of different kind of life really but um a new horizon you could see exactly exactly yeah there you go but um <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to sort of go through the lyrics in my head while i'm just trying to i remember you had the um you made the guitar part the din -lin 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 quite a while before we went out to record and we had it sat in a drop box as a rough recording actually yeah. the day the day we me and chino come to yours and you're showing us eye roller we actually worked on it then just the diddle -a -diddle -a. do you remember because you were going oh it'd be cool if we could do like apes there and we were like oh yeah maybe do you remember i remember yeah, that really vividly I think so, we're doing like a garage band demo and again it was like really bouncy but like it, it didn't have that sort of attack that we ended up yeah sort yeah, of giving yeah. It. But, um, this was Davey's favourite, this one like blew Davey's mind, he was like, and Davey sort of, he changed a bit of the structure to make it better, mm -hmm. and um, and yeah, like I'll credit him loads for that, because like, I think it was like a pre-chorus to like make it build a little bit, and and yeah, like, you know, his ideas were great for this one, because it wasn't necessarily how you hear it today, it was a lot different before we took it out to, before right. we took it out to LA kind of thing. It was a lot different, yeah, 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 and um, I love playing this one live. I've always loved it. It's got that sort of gaslight anthem vibe to it, but it's still got, you know, it still sounds British to me, which I love. And I love the lyrics, man. Like, I want my 20s to last forever. Like, I'm going to say, I think that's a genius lyric, man. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of my best lyrics I've ever wrote, like that chorus. It's like, um, 
wear my skinny jeans and be like a libertine because the guy who I've wrote it about, he used to be a bit of a player and <laughs> love the um, the opposite sex. So I thought, yeah, that's sort of homage to him. <laughs> nice. I love that track. It's probably one of my favourite on the record as well. Track seven, Klingon. This is one of my favourites. This, this for me, like I, I, going back to what I've said in previous podcasts and on your podcast, actually, um, when you get a record, the excitement is hearing songs that haven't been released as singles because I find myself personally that that happens and I find my favourite songs on the records that I love aren't necessarily the singles. They're the ones I first hear for the first time when I put the record on or put the CD on or put it on on Spotify. And I'm hoping, like, I think Klingon will be that, that song for people who have, like, they've heard Family Man, they've heard Horizons, Eye Roller, Laura. They'll get to the record and they'll go, yo, wasn't expecting this. Um, yeah, I'm sorry to jump in there, Christian, but it's funny you say that because when you first sent me the record and I was listening through, this was the first one you know, obviously I knew a few of the songs already, just like you're saying. This is the first one that jumped out to me. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Oh. Like that yeah. opening riff. I'm like, I'm loving this riff. Oh, we've got some palm muting in the, in the verses. Nice. And then <laughs> when it drops for that chorus, you know, everything is stripped back. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but sorry, I'll let, I'll let, I'll let you continue. Ah, it's cool. Yeah, man. It's, brilliant, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's dead nice to hear like people's, you know, perception of stuff and what they listen out for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, again, like with that one, a lot of it was listening. I was listening to a lot of like British music again. It was stuff like um, like the Ordinary Boys and Catfish and like the Smiths and stuff like that. And it's that it's that first beat that you learn on the drums. <laughs> that dun, dun, da, ba, dun, dun, and like um, and yeah, it just it came quite natural, man. Like um, it came really natural. I remember having having the the song title again, Klingon. And I thought that's a really cool sort of like hooky title and then it all just yeah it came quite quick that one and um that drop out before the chorus we nicked off catfish in the bottom eh? i think there's a song called <laughs> okay. um i don't think through things i never get time oh, i forgot yeah. the name of the song yeah um, i don't know the one you mean yeah 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 i think it's off the second record mm -hmm. but um so yeah thank you catfish thank you van mccann for giving me that idea <laughs> but, um, I'm sure you got that idea off someone else. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm glad you like it, man. Like I love playing it. It's something that we haven't played live that much, but I think 
moving forward, we definitely will know the record date. Track it, same blood. Yeah, man. So like this, this is like a song we had as as a three piece, and we went out to America with. I think we had we we, we did have more than ten tracks. We had quite a lot of songs, but Davey was adamant that we revisited this because we sent him an early demo of it, and because um, it was old to us because we'd done it as a three piece, and we were sort of like, oh, we don't know. But once once he sort of convinced us, and Chino put his bit of magic on it. Um, it sort of came into its own, and yeah, I, I love it. I think it's really cool, really energetic, and there's a really nice moment actually in in the studio when we were um sort of revisiting it. And um, Jack, you said didn't you? You wrote this about your your old man, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I remember. Like, I didn't know that before, and then you, when you told us, it just sort of brought the song to like a whole new sort of um whole new sort of meaning. And uh, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Great song. Yeah, it's um, it's been in my notebook for probably about six or seven years. I had it like before we even started Love Breakers. Um, I was jamming with three or four other guys in another band, not like an like something official. It was just something that we was doing, you know, now and again. And that was a song that I wrote donkeys ago. And um, yeah, it's about sort of my relationship with me and my old man. And um. We've got like quite short fuses, so like in the in the bridge bit, I say like your blood boils the same as mine, because like obviously I'm the same as him really. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, again, it was it was one of those songs where I wrote, I wrote really soft, and it was like because I had like my dad in mind, and I was just trying to focus on like the lyrics and stuff. And in like an old band that we used to play, and it was really kind of like half time really, like dun, 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 really sort of slow. And then as soon as I took it to, you know, like the band, the new band, it was sort of let's punk it up and make it faster and see what happens. But um, but yeah, again, like Davey, like put his magic on it. Like, it, like I remember punking it up and like the pre-chorus is like Beat Union. It's got that Beat Union sort of, that, that Luke Johnson thing to it. And um, I remember like adding that in there and I think it might have, Sparked in Davy's head, going, "Yeah, this is great. Like, it sounds like Beat Union. Let's do it." <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad like we revisited it, man, and just did it and put it on the record. I think it's a it's a personal song to me as well, so that's always a nice little little touch, you know what I mean? Yeah, it fits fits the record perfectly. Like uh, it's, for me, it's got like a sort of surfery sort of yeah, just a summer summer vibe. Good good feel to it, and yeah, it's fun to play live as well. Yeah, man. So nice. 
Okay, so um, track eight, second to last track, we've got Worst Gentleman. Track nine. Uh, track, track nine, Nick. Track nine. <laughs> Come on, Nick. <laughs> uh, worst gentleman wow um for me like my, probably my favorite track on the record that were primary colors but what i love about it is it it's everything i love about punk music that isn't obviously like too punk like it's like got a feel for like americana and like country and I, it's I, I don't know what else to say about it to be honest because i i just think it's a perfect song but we, we had the chorus for a while and we never really knew what to do with it. And Davey, when we were, we were there, he was like, have you got any other like ideas knocking about? And Jack was like, well, I've got this idea. And Davey straight away was like, Jack, lock yourself in the room, write the whole damn song. You guys go out. So we went out and explored me, Chino and Marcus. And um, we gave Jack some space and we come back and Jack had crafted the whole song. And uh, we went into the live room. Jack played it through for us once, how we sort of heard it in his head. And we all, we all just played it. Genuinely, we played it full, fully as a band before we recorded it probably twice. I'm not even joking, yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, magic. Like, I, I think it's probably, yeah, my, my favourite song on the record. So, Yeah, it was just one of them songs that was sort of, it was done on the cuff. You know, we, we didn't have, as, as, as Christian just said, it was like a... A short, a short chorus. It wasn't even the full chorus that we had. But then Davey just sort of heard it and went, that's a really good hook. Just try and write something. So the lads went away. I just stayed in like the vocal booth with an acoustic for a couple of hours. And I got it to like a certain level, but I wasn't happy with the lyrics. I remember, I think we got the drum track down and maybe the bass on the same day. So we did a little bit of pre-production and played it live in the, uh, in the live room. And then we got down the drums and bass. And then I remember, I think we had the day off the next day and went like whale watching and stuff around um, Newport Beach. But I remember sitting on the beach and like writing the lyrics and thinking of sort of like a story for it, basically. And um, I remember like going like round LA and like seeing like, I don't know, I sort of must have sparked in my head for, to sort of write about people in like bars and just seeing like a bunch of lads being, being idiots, basically. And I thought, yeah, it's something, something to write about. And then, again, it's quite, quite sarcastic and stuff like some of the, some of the lyrics in it and that. But I think um, it was just really fun. It was a fun process being a writer, being able to go into the studio and spend some time to write a song in the studio without sort of any distraction, any sort of bullshit. I could turn my phone off and just really focus on, on the song really. And it came out great. And it's, it sort of it defines the whole sort of vibe of the record for me. It's like it's proper sort of an LA type of song. Like you can play it in the car, put the windows down, and just vibe off it, and it's great. And I think um, yeah, I love playing it live as well. It's got this massive like energy, and we're putting like harmonies and stuff there now, and it's it's brilliant. I love it. It's like um like you you hit the nail on the head a few weeks ago. You were like ah, oh, it's sort of like ah. Uh learning to fly by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> Obviously, like, they're a huge band. And yeah, we, we, styled, we styled the drum beat for the verses. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, it's like, for us as well, for me personally, like, playing it live, it's quite an easy song to play, so I can kind of relax for a little bit, and it's... Um, three chords, man. Yeah, just three, three chord banger. 
Okay, um, so that just leaves us with the album title track, Primary Colours, another one of my favourites. Um, <laughs> mine too. This was like, I remember like Jack would like always sort of say to us, lads, don't be scared to send me any ideas you have, like anything, if it's like a song title or, you know, a, 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 a lyric or a chord pattern whatever you can think of send it me because it might spark something in my brain and i remember sending him a few song titles across but i sent him across the primary colors and uh obviously yeah it goes from there like jack made a really cool song out of it and i i'll never forget when he he sort of brought it to the, the lockup and um he played it and we all sort of started playing together but then me and Chino stopped playing at the same time in the verses. So where you hear like the intro and then it drops out to just jack the guitar and the drums. That was literally the first idea we had for it. And it come really naturally. So we no, it's all big and all in together. And then for some reason, me and Chino just stopped as soon as Jack started singing, but him and Marcus carried on and we were like, yo, that, that sounds great. Um, and then we come back in on the pre-chorus and it just has that lot like, momentum builds, builds the momentum and, I don't know, man. Like, I, I love that song. It's like so. I said to Jack, man, I was like, dude, you've literally wrote one of my probably one of my all-time favorite songs, like in my top five. <laughs> and I, I like, and it, like, I feel proud to to be on it playing bass. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I just think it like sums up the record perfectly. And yeah, Jack, it, obviously, you know more about the song lyrically and everything. So yeah, I think um, it was one of the last songs to be written for the record as well. Obviously, Worst Gentleman, we wrote out there, so that would have been, like, the very last one. But I remember Primary Colours, we didn't have, like, a name for the record or anything like that. But when when Christian sent me through that title, that, like, name for a song, I thought, shit, that's, like, that's a proper cool, like, name for a song. And then, yeah, it come, it come really, like, metaphorically. As you say, it's not, like, it's it sort of, it gives the listener their sort of own perception, you know what I mean? And it sort of it defines the record in, in terms of that that theme of like hope and stuff and just wanting to be better in yourself or wanting to move away and whatever. And I remember I was on the way to work and I was thinking, I was looking at, looking at the sky and it was like a, it was quite a muggy day, but there was a bit of blue in there. And I was looking at like the hills and shit and I was thinking, oh, blues and greens. And I always had that in my head, blues and greens, blues and greens. And it always looks like I'd want to be over there instead of going to work. You know what I mean? I want to be like walking in the blues and greens and not like, Freaking going to like my nine to five job, so yeah, it came about sort of that way, and I think yeah, it's just a straight up. I just love playing it. It's like it's pure rock and roll. 
it's um, it's really simple. You know, like the the main riff is three chords, and then the same three chords reversed. <laughs> so it's like it's just so simple. And I think those bits in the verses as well, we're trying to get like a like a, a clash type of vibe to it. Like we imagine like being on a big stage and sort of Christian and Chino just like sort of coming sort of back and then just me being up front and we have got this visual thing for it as well and I think that was something that we never thought about before like how would this look sort of visually on stage if we played it as well and um and yeah it's like it's one of those songs it's it's up for interpretation you know what I mean it doesn't have to take it literally which is a lot of the songs are right are literal it's like it's social commentary and it's stuff that has happened whereas primary colors was more of this kind of you know, I wanted to give the listener like their sort of interpretation, and I think it's a nice sort of send off for the record, and you know, it, it leaves you sort of wanting more and asking questions. You know what I mean? Which is, I love, I love like going to watch a band, and you want more, and you think like it's great because it obviously you just follow, follow into the next record. Hundred percent, and that that cheering as well. Little little known fact here. Um... The, the cheering at the end is legit as well. So that was the very last day of recording. We've recorded the um, the band. Was it the banjo or the on Worst Gentleman? And then we did the group vocals for Primary Colours. And like we just all cheered at the end because it was the last day and we'd complete. That was the final tracking of the record. So that is right. natural. It's not like we all went, you know what, sound good at the end there. Let's all fake <laughs> cheer. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that <laughs> yeah, at the yeah, end. That at the end is authentic. It's like us being like, you can hear Chino actually, because when we were out there, we, we were all pretending to be rednecks at times, like, it's like a little, <laughs> little in joke. And if you listen carefully, you can hear Chino go, well, goddamn. Like <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's yeah. all like completely authentic. And it just, yeah, sends off the record perfectly, man. So. And we got like, um, we got a few people from Hurley as well, because they were coming down and listening to us like tracking throughout the weeks. Yeah. And um, we ended up getting them down and like doing like this group clap thing. And then, yeah, at the end, we were just like, Wee! just like cheering and whatever, going like, this is the end, we're done. And yeah, um, it was just really fun because it, it was the last song we tracked. And yeah, I just, I love it. I love like all the horn lines that radded from, um, from our guy, Matt from Real Big Fish. And yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was buzzing. Really happy with it. Awesome. And then that's, that's it. That's the record. That's the record, man. On nice. to the next. Yeah. Twenty-eight minutes later. The <laughs> shortest. So the what shortest happens? So the um the live music doors fly open again. What what song from the record are you opening with? Oh, that'd be Italian. That'd be Italian. It's it's you it's usually the eye roller to be fair. I think it's a perfect opener. Um so and then I actually read a review the other day where it was like, 
our uh, primary colours, the last track, would obviously be great to to be ending live sets. Like it has has the energy to be ending a live set and leave the the you know the people at the show wanting more, like it does on the record. And I thought that was really cool because, like we said earlier, we really thought hard about that. Like sequencing yeah. is everything. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's not it's not about being top heavy. It's about having a good a good overall story to tell and a good set of you know songs that fit together like I'm, I'm a big believer in that as jack is as well like it's just nice to have a proper you know a proper collection of, of songs that sit perfectly next to each other so yeah i just love listening to records in full like i don't like you know like skipping through tracks and stuff and i've always been you know all my favorite records i can just put on and really sort of it sounds cheesy but you go on like a little journey man it's like ups and downs and stuff Mm-hmm. Like that's what we tried to do. It was always in our minds that this was going to get pressed on on vinyl, so it was always like side A, side B, and how we can keep keep people engaged type of thing. Because I think mm-hmm. if you put stuff in a different order with our songs, you might skip a track because it doesn't sort of feel right. Like um, we was thinking about putting primary colours first, and um, it just didn't just didn't really work. It was a bit too much. So like you've sort of got a. I don't, it's 28 minutes of your day, man. Like you could be making breakfast and you can listen to our record. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, available on vinyl, available on all streaming platforms. So, yeah, go check it out. Go yeah. listen to and it. All primary yeah. colours are included on the artwork. Front yeah, I'll, um, <laughs> I'll definitely just double check that. And, and double check it, yeah. That's the case. <laughs> <laughs> If not, I could maybe just buy some red stickers to put on the vinyl, but I think I might spoil it. <laughs> might, jump, might jump a bit when it, when it hits those tracks. <laughs> yeah, man. So, last question. Yeah, go on. I've got a question for you, boys. What are the primary colours? <laughs> red. Correct. Yellow and blue. Yep. Correct them now. I only, I only know this because when I was having this conversation with my wife the other day, I had to ask her what the primary colours are. She's, a, <laughs> she's a, yeah, well, she was a teacher, so I figured yeah, she'd man. know, but she still was unsure and had to Google it. <laughs> Amazing. That's it. But yeah, man, the simple things in life are best. That's it. And then right. with an added bit of flavour, i.e. a blue and a green. There Lovely jubbly. Yeah, man. Enjoy. Cool. Well, go check it out and go check out the Love Breakers when they eventually get themselves on the road. Sick. Cheers for your time, boys. Thanks a lot, awesome. guys. Thanks, Thanks again boys. For, Take for care. This again, Cheers. Boys. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, we'd love it if you could subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcast, whether that's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or any, anywhere like that. Um, also, check us out on social media. If you, if you just search for Wasting Time Podcast on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, give us a like or a follow on any of those. And also, we love hearing from listeners as well. So um, feel free anytime to drop us an email at the Wasting Time Podcast at gmail.com or obviously you can message us on social media as well. But um, yeah, we'll catch you next time. For you to arrive.